Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Galatians, chapter 2. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. If you've been with us in the book of Galatians, you know that Paul has been defending and Paul has been fighting for the gospel of grace, for the truth of the gospel. There were these guys known as the Judaizers, and the Judaizers would come behind Paul as Paul would go into a city and establish a church. These Judaizers would go behind Paul and tell them that Paul's message was true, but it wasn't the complete truth, that it was a half-truth, that yes, you need to be saved, yes, you need to believe in the blood of Jesus, and yes, you need to believe in the grace of God, these Judaizers would say, but they would also add, are you with me, that you need to be circumcised in order to be saved. They would say that you need to keep the laws of Moses in order to be saved. So these Judaizers were troubling the believers And some of the believers were buying into what these Judaizers was telling them. So Paul said that he was amazed in chapter 6, as a matter of fact, chapter 1, verse 6. Matter of fact, go ahead and peek at that. Chapter 1, verse 6, Paul said he was amazed that the Galatians were so soon removed from the gospel of Jesus Christ, which was not a gospel at all. It was a perversion or deformed gospel. Paul went on to say that the gospel that he preached was not learned from men, but by direct revelation of Jesus Christ, right around verse 12 of the same chapter. And then Paul told us that after he became a Christian, he went into the desert of Arabia for three years. And it was during those three years, we talked about it, that Paul's theology began to change. That's right about verse 17 of chapter one. He was there in the desert and there Paul got a glimpse of the grace of of God. Well, I told you that I was going to title all these sermons, Grace Filled Freedom, this morning. Uh, this afternoon, we pick up in Galatians chapter 2, in verse 11. Saints, if you're looking at it, say amen. amen. Now, when Peter had come to Antioch, Paul says, I withstood him to his face. Why? Because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came from James in verse 12, are you looking at it? Before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him. So that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward. Would you underline that in your Bibles? When I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, 
If you being a Jew live in the manner of the Gentiles and not as a Jews, then why do you, Peter, compel Gentiles to live as Jews? We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of what saints? The law, but by what? Faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be what? Justified. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I, through the law, died to the law that I might what? Live to God. Verse 20 is a memory verse. Believers, Christians, it's a great verse. Matter of fact, it's so good, you got to read it with me. I have been crucified. I can't hear you. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Isn't that a great verse? I do not set aside the grace of God. For if, don't forget this, can you get your mind around this? If righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died what? If righteousness comes through the law, give me your attention, then Christ died in vain. Now, if you have been with us, you know that Galatians chapter 2, are you listening? Galatians chapter 2 is written with the backdrop of Acts chapter 15. Now, we talked about this two weeks ago. Acts chapter 15, Paul, you'll read this in your own time, Paul and the other apostles met in Jerusalem to settle a dispute. Again, these Judaizers had come into the church and they were telling the Gentiles that in order to be saved, they had to go through the ritual of circumcision. So in other words, are you getting this? The Judaizers were telling people that if you wanted to become a Christian, you first had to become a Jew by being circumcised. So when Paul and the other apostles there in Acts chapter 15 heard about this, a meeting was called, testimonies were heard, the scriptures were reviewed, and the conclusion was that the Gentiles were saved by grace through faith in Jesus alone, just like the Jew. Now here beginning in verse 11, as it relates, listen close, stay with me, as it relates to grace and the law, Paul has a problem with Peter because initially Peter approved of Paul's ministry as it relates to the gospel going to the Gentiles. And God used Peter, we know from Acts chapter 11. God used Peter to welcome the Gentiles into Christianity, to welcome the Gentiles into grace. But when Peter came to Antioch, he was having fellowship and hanging out with the Gentiles. No problem with this. The only problem is when Peter is hanging out with the Gentiles until the Jews, matter of fact, when it says in verse 12, go ahead and peek at it, for before certain men came James, that would be from the church in Jerusalem. So these men from the church in Jerusalem, these Jewish believers, come to Antioch. Peter, listen, stay with me, 
Peter stops fellowshipping with the Gentiles because out of fear of the Jews, that they might think less of him or of whatever they might think. So Peter gets to Antioch. And by the way, when you hear the word Antioch, that should ring a bell in your mind because Christians were first called what? Christians where? In Antioch. So Peter's in Antioch enjoying fellowship with the Gentiles. Peter's eating bacon, having a ham sandwich, Italian sausage. These are all good things. These are all good and godly things. Peter's probably eating Scrapple. Anybody know what Scrapple is? Anybody know what Scrapple is? Okay. That's all? The rest of y'all, you don't know what Scrapple is? Okay. Well, just trust me. It's not good. Just by virtue of the name, think about it. Scrapple. That would tell you it's made of what? Scrapple. He's eating Slim Jims. Peter's just fellowshipping with the Gentiles. These Jews come and Peter stops fellowshipping with them out of fear of offending the Jews. Peter was hypocritical. Now listen, Peter should not have had any problems hanging out with the Gentiles because don't you remember in Acts chapter 10, Peter is up on the housetop and he's praying. And all of a sudden, the Bible tells us that he starts to get hungry. He falls asleep. He goes into a trance. And in a vision, he sees a sheet coming down. You know the story? And inside the sheet are all manner of four-footed beasts and wild animals and creeping things and birds of the air. And God told Peter, God said, Peter, rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said what? Not so, Lord. I have never eaten anything common or unclean. Not so, Lord. Can I help you? Can can I help you? I want to help you. Do you understand that the words no and Lord do not go in the same sentence? If you understand that, please wave at me because if you don't, then you need help. No and Lord do not look. If he is the Lord, then the only word that you say to him is yes, Lord. But no and Lord, that would be like my children telling me no. Now y'all got to understand, I'm from the old school. I told you before, you've been here, you know. I'm from the old school. My children tell me no. Well, then after they wake up, (laughs) then they will say yes. Can I get a witness? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Y'all know I was at Calvary Chapel Philly last week. I was preaching at Calvary Joe Joe Foe's church. Wonderful, wonderful time. I was telling them. I said, I am am not for all this. This is a huge church, humongous church. I'm not for all this new stuff now. We don't want to spank the children because we might hurt their psyche. Oh, I hurt your psyche. (laughs) Parents wave at me. Y'all know what I'm talking. I tear it up. I tear that psyche up. Stop, get a glass of water, come back and tear it up again. Okay. And I will tell you, if you're not tearing up that psyche... You're going to have problems in the long run. People are like, oh, you're going to damage the children and make them out of murderers and, and killers if you spank them. I'm like, no, I'm going to keep them from murdering killing if I spank them. Now, I'm not talking about beat them. Y'all understand what I'm saying. I'm not talking about abuse them. 
But, uh, you know, oh, don't get me going down that path, y'all. Goodness gracious. But we need to be people who say, yes, Lord. Peter said, no, Lord, I'm not, I'm, I have never eaten anything unclean and I've never eaten anything common. And the Lord said, don't call what I've created common or unclean. Listen, that vision was a picture of the church. That vision that Peter had was a picture of the Gentiles coming into salvation. It was a picture of the body of Christ. Now, again, in Acts chapter 15, why would Peter have a problem with eating with the Gentiles? Again, in Acts chapter 15, Peter stands and he gives his testimony in support of the Gentiles. So, ladies and gentlemen, listen, what we have here is God has given Peter supernatural and doctrinal proof of the salvation of the Gentiles and freedom from the law. So when there are no Jews around, Peter's fellowshipping with the Gentiles. But when these certain men from James or Jerusalem, they show up, Peter gets fearful of them and he separates himself. Don't you know you write this down in Proverbs 29, verse 25. Proverbs tells us the fear of men brings a snare, but those who trust in the Lord will be safe. Proverbs 29, 25. So Paul is rebuking Peter to his face in Antioch and challenging him. And there were also others, the Bible tells us, other Jews, and Barnabas was also getting carried away with this as well. And Paul said when he saw, look at verse 14, saints, look at verse 14. He says, when I saw that they were not, what does it say? Straightforward. In the King Jimmy, it says, walk uprightly. When Paul saw that they were not walking uprightly. Now, in the Strong's Concordance, give me your attention. If you were to do a word search on this word uprightly or straightforward, you would come to the Greek word orthopedeo. Orthopedeo. We have the word orthopedic, like in an orthopedic shoe that is put on your foot to correct your walking. Paul says, listen, Paul says, you are messing with the truth. And when you mess with the truth, it makes you limp and it makes you not walk straight. That word walk straight, orthopedeo, means straight straight footed or to walk uprightly, straight footed. Paul says, when you're messing with the truth, when you're trying to walk in the law and you're trying to walk in grace at the same time, it's going to cause you to limp. And it's going to cause you to be legalistic and it's going to cause you to be joyless and it's going to cause you to be hypocritical. Now, the problem, listen, and what I believe that Paul may be thinking here, the problem with Peter's hypocrisy is that Peter, watch this, is raising the wall that Jesus died to bring down. Don't you remember in Ephesians chapter two, the Bible tells us that Jesus died. And when he died, he broke down the wall that separated the Jew and the Gentile, the male and the female, the barbarian and the Scythian, the black folks and the white folks. All people were now going to, all people in Christ were going to come together and become one new man. Jesus broke down the wall with his death that separated people. Are you with me? And when Peter begins to 
show this example of hypocrisy in that when the Jews are not around, he's fellowshipping with the Gentiles. And when the Gentiles are around or or when when the Jews are around, he's not fellowshipping with the Gentiles. When he does that and sets that kind of example, he's actually building up the wall that Jesus died to bring down. Do you understand? And so Paul has a real problem with that. So Paul says, he confronts Peter to his face. He says, why are you telling the Gentiles that they need to become Jews? If you as a Jew, Paul says, are living in the freedom that Christ has given you, then verse 15, go ahead and look at it in your Bibles. Paul says, Peter, we are Jews. We grew up Jewish and you and I both know that you can't keep the law. We know you can't be justified by the law in verse 16. Paul says, Peter, if we are telling people that they are justified by Christ and you stop eating sausage to get to heaven, is Jesus someone who's causing you to sin in verse 17? Absolutely not. Well, then notice in verse 19, Paul goes on to say, for I, through the law, died to the law. You looking at verse 19? For I, through the law, died to the law that I might live unto God. In other words, saints, listen to me close. The law, are you listening? The law does not apply to a dead man. If you're dead, you are dead. And the law has no jurisdiction over you. For example, you're out there on the 440 and you're speeding. And you see the unthinkable, the blue lights in your rearview mirror flashing. And the cop pulls you over. Well, when he pulls you over, because of the fear of man, you have a heart attack and you die right there in the seat. Cop comes up, says, "Uh, sir, um, I'm going to give you a big ticket. You were speeding and um, you're going to need to show up in court with this. And so, sir, he's writing a ticket out and it's a big ticket and he is going to give it to you. Do you care? (laughs) It's just a question. That's all. I mean, do you care? No, you don't care. Why don't you care? Because you're dead. And when you're dead, you don't care. Look, you can give me all the tickets you want. If I'm dead, do I care? And so you get to court. And the judge, the police officer shows up. And the judge says, uh, well, uh, where's, the, uh, where's the defendant? And, uh, well, I don't know, Your Honor. And uh, uh, he's dead. Well, the judge says what? Case dismissed. The law, the law has no jurisdiction over the dead. And Paul says, I am dead to the law. The law killed me. Now notice, saints, you want to mark this. It wasn't the law that died. It was Paul that died to the law. How? Because, listen, the law showed us that we cannot live up to God's holy standard. By the way, that was the purpose of the law. And for a very long time, Paul thought he could. But Paul began to study the Bible and to read the law and to understand the law as Jesus explained it in the Sermon on the Mount. And Paul realized that the law made him guilty before God. It didn't justify him. And it was at that time that Paul died to the law. And when Paul died to the law, then he could live unto God. Well, then notice in verse 20 and 21, as we wrap it up, those verses are so good. We got to read it again. Look at verse 20. If you're looking at it, say, I'm looking at it. 
I have been crucified with Christ. And this is a good verse. And it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Did you get that? And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is an amazing and mysterious, might I add, statement. Paul says Christ lives in us. Now, how does Christ live in us? Answer, he lives in us through the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells, where saints, in you. Romans chapter 8, Bible students, you're taking notes, verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, do you know it? He is none of his. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 through 20. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. I mean, think about that. Of all the places that the Spirit of Christ could choose to live, he chooses to live in us. There's an exchange that takes place in the life of the believer. When you give your life to Jesus, you give your life to him, your dead life to him, and he gives you life. When Jesus died, literally, I died spiritually. When Jesus rose, literally, I rose spiritually. 2,000 years ago on the cross, all of our sins were placed on the Lamb of God, and all of our sins, listen, were judged to the satisfaction of the Father. And because of what Jesus did on the cross, we are dead to the penalty of sin. In other words, God the Father, listen, is not going to punish you for something Jesus already paid for. Can you clap your hands and say amen? God the Father is not going to punish you for something that Jesus already paid for, paid in full. When Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is what? Finished. Now notice I pointed this out two services. Might I do it the third? He didn't say, I am finished, because there's still a lot of work to do on a lot of y'all. He's got his hands full with some of y'all. He said, it is finished. What is finished? The work of redemption and salvation. The price is paid for the Father is satisfied. Redemption, the work of forgiveness is finished. Paul goes on to say in verse 20, the life that I live. I live by faith in the Son of God. In other words, you can't live this new life in Jesus by trying to keep the law. You can only live it by faith. Paul says, it's Jesus who loved me. Look at verse 20. Jesus who loved me and gave himself for me. Isn't that a personal and bold statement? Jesus loves me and he gave himself for me. And then finally, in verse 21, Paul says, if I could be righteous by the law, then Christ died in vain. Saints, look at me. Give me your attention. If you could be righteous by the law, then Christ died in what? Vain. If you could be righteous by giving enough money to the church, then Christ died in vain. If you could be righteous 
by going to church each and every Sunday and Wednesday, then Christ died in vain. If you could be righteous by anything that you do, Christ died in vain. The reality is that Christ died because you could do nothing for your salvation. Do you understand? How about anybody on this side of the room? All right. You cannot earn your salvation. When are we really going to get this? That there's nothing that we can really do. We can't be good enough. We can't be smart enough. We can't give enough. We can't do enough to merit salvation. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that is not of yourself. It's the gift of God, lest anyone should boast. Christ died for us because he knew that we were helpless. And we couldn't pay the price for our own sin. And with Christ's death, it satisfied the requirements and the holy, righteous standard of God the Father. Jesus, somebody once said it, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin has left its crimson stain, but he washed me white as snow. Jesus paid it all. There's nothing that we could do. And mind you, understand something. Jesus went to the cross and Jesus didn't really want to go to the cross. Did you know that? I was at the barbershop yesterday. Yes, I was at the barbershop yesterday. (laughs) Y'all probably like, for what? (laughs) To get my hair did. (laughs) To get my hair done. Cut my hair. (laughs) Some of y'all... Can relate, fellow ball brothers. Amen. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 293 That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a song.